D&D Outdoors is brought to you by the Southwestern Outdoorsman. Head on over to southwesternoutdoorsman.com to get your hunting gear and all your needs today. It's also brought to you by Headline Outdoors. Download Headline Outdoors on Roku or Fire TV and start enjoying the outdoors with hundreds of outdoor hunting and fishing episodes. Fishing, loving every day. That's the prayer that a country boy brings. Welcome back, everyone, to D&D Outdoors today. On the show, we got Sturgeon coming back to Virginia. You have hunted or want to hunt bighorn sheep in Wyoming. Well, you better get it. <laughs> and we got much, much more. How you doing today, Dustin? Doing pretty good, man. Trying to stay dry and warm. Yeah, no, I understand that. Definitely trying to stay dry and warm as well here. Um, a little more colder than I do. I am. It's 50 degrees here today. I'm not liking this at all. 66 here and cloudy. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's cloudy here too. See? It's warmer out your way than it is over here. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of the cold. The snow, there's snow all up in the mountains around us and stuff like that. Um which you don't really see too much. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's it's not going to be a fun couple of weeks. I'm ready for summer to be here. Well, we got plants blooming, flowers, trees, all that's blooming already. So I'm expecting our early uh, spring at least. Yeah, no, we aren't having any of that here. Everything's still dead, kind of grows, then it gets cold again and dies away. <laughs> yeah, we are not having fun with any of that stuff this year. Unfortunately, but you know, we'll add some fun to it. You know, gotta gotta keep us on our toe. You know that toes that good old uh global warming here. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, so out your way, the surgeon are coming back, eh? Yeah, it's like I was saying. I got an email from the Department of Inland Gambling Fisheries and all that stuff. Uh, Atlantic Sturgeon. We're once plentiful in Virginia tide waters, and pretty much you can see them out there trying to study them every year in the James River and all. But uh, the species was added to the endangered species list in 2012. And supposedly they're coming back, hopefully, enough to where maybe somebody can slide down there and catch a few of them. Yeah, uh, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, I've seen the videos of surgeon fish, and it looks pretty gnarly. They look like a good old fight to happen. Yeah. Is that close to you where they um are putting them in? Uh, trying to read through here real fast here. It's a whole lot of these, you know, ads and all picking up. Oh, yeah. Got to be sure they make their money somehow, right? But it's increasing the spawning and in, in population of the sturgeons. Uh, it's talking about the different groups that have put in uh, the DWR, VCU, uh, the NOAAs. You know, the tags, tagging programs and stuff like that. Uh, and, and they just 
I guess, helping maintain their habitats to help with the spawning and the oh, safety gotcha. of the sturgeon. And where they're at is the, uh, like Jamestown and all, and which is three or four hours away from us. Gotcha. I mean, but the James River is within shooting distance for me right now. Gotcha. Huh. Well, then that's maybe they'll make it up your way then. Have some sturgeon. <laughs> Ain't, uh, is it, I might be wrong and just teetotal off on this one, but isn't that where caviar comes from? Yeah, caviar comes from sturgeon. Okay. But I think it has to be Russian sturgeon. I think it's really like the better caviar comes from. Y'all haven't had Amherst County sturgeon caviar yet. We have That's not. What I'm shooting for. <laughs> yeah, it's good old East Coast uh, caviar. <laughs> yeah, I, better. I, yeah it'll, be, it'll be interesting. I hope they make comeback. It seems like they're coming back a lot now that people aren't fishing. People don't, I guess, don't like caviar as much anymore as they used to. It's not as fancy. So we, we got sturgeon from a east coast and elk coming from our west side. Yeah. So we're, we're going to get claims of wild hogs from the south. Really? They're getting everything. Now the uh, Virginia elk lottery is actually open right now, too. I, um, I need to go donate my uh, $25 to them. I'm pretty. It's open until um, I believe the end of this month. I am correct. Yes. We pull it. Yeah. So yeah, I'll be donating my twenty or twenty-five dollars, however much it is. Again, right here on their website. Let's see what they say. The live weight. Let's see here. The largest in October twenty-two marked the inaugural elk season of six hunters. They're all six hunters successfully harvesting their bulls. The largest was an eight by nine. Jeez. Like 852 pounds and scoring a 413 net 434, 433 and 5.8 on Boone and Crockett. That is huge. That's a that's a big old elk. Like, wow. Yeah, I'm not that's that's massive. Now the, after you win the tag, is it just a self-hunt thing or you is it I think it's I think it's a cell phone, but you can get a, you can get guides if you need to. I, I, I thought they were saying it was a self hunt, and, and I mean guides always show up. Oh yeah, you know I, the world record typical American elk was four forty two and five eighths. So I mean that one's not far off of a world record, at four thirty three and five eighths. Oh, that now, was for that Adam was for and I got to go to the. Uh, Fishersville Hunting Expo. Okay. Sunday. Okay. And they actually had the uh, 2003 world record whitetail mount up there. That's probably a big one. It, yeah, it was a couple hundred inches. It was, yeah. They, they had a lot of, they had a full bodied elk mount in there, which that was pretty neat to actually. See the size of them? It, I thought it was kind of small because it was about eye level with me. I thought yeah. it'd be bigger. Yeah, no, actually I mean, had a, a shoulder mount giraffe in there. Really? Yeah, those are big. My uncle had one of those. 
they're huge. And my uncle, before he passed away, he was quite like the OG hunter. So like back in the early hunting days, like he had polar bears and tigers. He had everything in his basement. He had this big old trophy room. It was really cool. Yeah, he had like all the crap you can't bring to America nowadays. He had it all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really cool all the stuff he had. Um, I wished when he when he passed away they sold it all. Like, oh, I'll take a tiger. <laughs> I guess but with that you don't really have much uh, much uh, place to store all that if you're not going to keep this house. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, it was really cool to see all that. Quite, he was quite the little. I guess you even say the little, quite the hunter. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but yeah, so maybe we'll see. Hopefully, I can get drawn. We'll see. I doubt it, but I put in for Tennessee this year too. So putting in for all of every place you can elk hunt, I'm putting in for except California because California, I think there's only they're working on changing it right now. But California, um, you can only, um, I believe, there's only one elk tag given to non-residents. So have you little, looked at Kentucky? Yeah, I put in for Kentucky. No, I did not. Kentucky draw just happened. I forgot to put in for that. I want to start putting in for Kentucky. I don't put in for Michigan either because Michigan is a point-based system. And there's like, it would never happen in my lifetime just because there's like only six tags and it takes about forever to draw. Um, so, yeah, but not like the newer ones, you know, Virginia, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, of course, all the Western states um, that you can hunt them. Thinking on them in, I don't think non-residents can, but I believe in um, Oklahoma they have elk now, as well, which I thought was interesting. But um, yeah, there's a lot of elk kind of just coming all over the place um, throughout the West. Let's see That's elk. Uh, let's Very look at good eatings. Oh yeah, this, yeah. I am excited. The more elk, the better. Let's see for Oklahoma. Um, can non-residents hunt elk at Oklahoma? But I know, like, they have elk, like, the big game ranches. What is it? There's even elk in, uh, oh, no, no, elk in, that was Nebraska. There's, yeah, but elk are coming everywhere now, which it's, it's cool to see. I mean, maybe that will ease up the hunting, um, pressure in other states. Elk, non-resident life. I don't want a non-resident lifetime license. Why is Oklahoma so confusing? <laughs> um, let's see here. Richland Land, Arizona, Colorado. Public lands, license requirement, resident, non-resident, elk license for each elk hunted or a resident. So yeah, I guess non-residents can hunt elk in um Oklahoma. I don't know. Really? I think it drawn for elk in Oklahoma. Jeez, I might have missed a state here. On this. Oh boy. Oh man. I can't do that. Oklahoma elk hunting. Now now you got me into it here. Well, if you're an Oklahoma elk hunter, I'd love to talk to you actually, because I think that would be very interesting. Especially, you know, you don't really picture um Oklahoma's elk country, but I mean they do have uh um rolling hills and mountains yeah there's some big elks made out here in oklahoma jeez 
8500 I mean, that's a little expensive, but I mean, it's not bad compared to like what you see in other states with your license and all that. Huh. Well, I guess I'll have to start putting for elk in Oklahoma as well. <laughs> well, that went down a rabbit hole there. Real fast. Real fast. <laughs> oh, man. So we will be back after that rabbit hole from a quick word from our buddies over at PurePro. Whether you're hunting, fishing, scouting, sitting down for long periods of time just really takes it out of you. Your back is sore, your body is sore. You're going to have to leave your tree stand or blind early just because you are not comfortable. Well, let's change that with PurePro. PurePro is making an avid hunter outdoor enthusiast, some most comfortable products out there in the market. You can be able to sit for long periods of times and not have a sore back or body. Mate right here in the USA, get your Pure Pro products today at www.purpro.com. That is www.pur-pro.com today. We said, you know, Pure Pro, comfortable as always, best paying for your butt. When it comes to being comfortable out there, go go do yourself a favor, order one today, save your money. You're saving money now. Hunting season isn't happening, so you might as well start stocking up. But from Oklahoma elk to the River Po in Italy, Grunder caught a massive catfish. It potentially breaks the record real. Breaks record reeling in a nine foot long catfish. Now, this thing is huge. And he has pictures of the rod he's using. We'll post these pictures as always on our Instagram. It's massive. It is the biggest catfish. Uh, nine he, foot the cat... long and approximately 300 pounds. Yeah. And it looks more than 300 pounds. Like, this thing is absolute giant like yeah I, I i mean i'm no expert here either but that looks like more than 300 pounds wouldn't you say <laughs> i mean the, the more you look at the other pictures that he's got there it's kind of a it just looks long and skinny kind of really yeah that's true but like just the head like that middle section where all the weight is i feel in a catfish the little bit i know about catfish on Apparently he's some kind of catfish connoisseur because he's got a few pictures in here with the yeah. massive ones. Yeah, yeah, he and does. The, the fillets off them things. I don't I don't <laughs> think people eat big catfish because I think they taste horrible. At least out west, if I remember right. If you're like, on that naked and afraid or survivor, you that's would. true. That's very, I mean, I mean, but you might be catching that with on Naked and Afraid. <laughs> not, not going there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was just, I've just been starting to watch River Monsters again, too. And damn, this thing's huge. That is, yeah, I will get it on here. Yeah, you guys will see, probably have the same re reaction as we do. The world's largest catfish is from the Mekong River in Thailand, and it was nine feet seven hundred pounds. Huh. 
I don't know. I don't think it's a record, but I, I think it might be like 400 pounds. It's a big, bo- it's a big catfish there. That's all I got to say about that one. Because I don't know. I'd be kind of sore too after all that crap. <laughs> Reeling it in. Oh man. But you know, from now we're coming back to us. We went from Oklahoma to Italy. Now we're coming back to Wyoming. Kind of doing this in reverse. We have very expensive plane tickets. We were actually traveling. Yeah. You know. Uh, but bighorn sheep in Wyoming. We've talked about Wyoming's changes to non-residents in the past. The 90-10 draw, all of that. Well, this isn't just affecting non-residents. This is affecting everybody that hunts bighorn sheep in Wyoming. The uh, <laughs> is absolutely insane. I mean, the hunters will now not get a second chance to hunt bighorn sheep in Wyoming, even if they don't harvest them on their first attempt. So what that means, like in a lot of states like Arizona, like for buffalo, you can go buffalo hunting. It's a once-in-a-lifetime tag. If you don't shoot a buffalo, then you can reapply again and go hunting for them again. In Wyoming, if you don't shoot your bighorn sheep, you or you're straight out of luck. Um, but in theoretically, I, I don't really understand the point of this bill because the points are so high to even get drawn for this tag, you know? If you're wasting your points and you don't get one, you're out of luck pretty much anyways. Unless you're going to be that 120-year-old person climbing that mountain with your oxygen tank, <laughs> you know? So I, I don't see – I mean, I guess – rules have to be like just in case but the odds of it ever happening is very little to going hunting twice out there i mean but if you want to shoot something you know finally the forest service is doing something about feral cattle out here in the gila wilderness Gila wilderness is on the border of the arizona new mexico arizona new mexico border it's where giant elk come from some of the best hunting in the west is there little bias towards that being from arizona if you've heard in the past, you probably have heard me complain about hunting, seeing cows and seeing donkeys and all that crap that run them off. Well, U.S. Forest Service plans to scale 150 cattle in the Gila wilderness next week. These are all feral cattle that aren't supposed to be there. They say it poses a threat to public safety and natural resources. This this is a push that's kind of been going on for a while now. Um, they're going to be shooting them out of helicopters, which is kind of cool. I guess I should say they did. This already happened. I'm sorry, last week. Um, kind of, I mean, it's interesting. It's it's something, you know, I know they're having pushed out or not kill, but remove the wild horses because they're ruining elk wallows and water and all that. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's funny that all these animal-loving groups that love wild animals um, don't seem to have a problem with... Um, feral animals ruining the wildlife that's natural there but if hunters try to hunt them they get all pissy what are they going to do with the meat after they kill them the meat's probably not good just let them lay i mean every i mean the meat's good but i mean it's not cow meat it's not eating it's eating what elk and deer eat you know so it's not gonna have lots of fat on it like a steak um it's the carcasses will be left to decompose naturally. If they're by a body of water or spring, 
they will take it out and move it someplace. But the meat is not going to be like your typical cow meat that they're feral cows. You know, they aren't pumped full of hormones. They aren't eating, you know, nice grass or eating pine bark needles, sage grush, stuff like that. Do y'all have hunters for the hungry out there? I do not think so. Is that where you donate food? It's a it's a program here to where if I harvest an animal, I could take it to the slaughterhouse. Just say, just donate it to hunters for the hungry, and they'll the slaughterhouse is pretty much a tax write off for them to process the animal, and then they give it to a food bank. Yeah, we don't have. I just looked it up. We don't have one in Arizona, but I think that's also because, I mean. A lot of people in Arizona keep their meat just because the odds of you, it's not like it's not like out in Virginia or out in Texas or out in like other states where you can kill like four or five animals a year. Like here, you can only harvest like if you're lucky once a year. You know, I mean, that that would be an idea for them to to donate that meat to the to yeah but, or needy or. But you have a problem here, Dustin. You know what the problem is. That's making too much sense. It's the federal government making all these decisions. <laughs> you didn't think that part, did you? <laughs> Just thinking the common man here. Yeah. Oh, no, it's the federal government. You know, they, they got to take their four or five hour lunch break in between shooting and all that good stuff. So, oh, man. What well, caliber did they use? It doesn't say any of that. It just says they're going to blast these cows out. On Sunday, February, this closure will take place as a Monday, February 20th. Aerial shooting will begin Thursday, so last Thursday, and end on Sunday. Yeah, that's, that's really it. It's it's interesting. It's really interesting. Um, actually, I do have one last thing, which I just remembered, which I think it's, it's going to be an interesting. It's a new uh, tactic that um, um, anti-hunting groups are using, which is going to be um, interesting to see how it plays off. Um, so there is what they call, even though Colorado supposedly doesn't have wolves, that's where they got to introduce them to um, Colorado. Well, they said that Colorado wolves may have crossed the border and been shot in Wyoming. I guess the Colorado, so the Colorado, the wolves have to be introduced in Colorado this year, which is fine. Um, but what they're saying is that the, there's a pack established in Colorado. They cross back and forth to Wyoming, part of their migration path. Um, so now the lovely Center for Biological Diversity is suing saying they need to shut down wolf hunting in Wyoming because it could impact the wolves migrating from Colorado. Um, what do you think of that? So now they're saying that because of that, um, they're going to say, well, you can't hunt in areas that these wolves might be going. Walls. <laughs> walls don't work, remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. Think of government level again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah. So now, yeah, they want to 
So that's the dangerous. They're going to start. They're suing to say that now that um, because of the wolves endangered in Colorado, even though they're not endangered in Wyoming, because they they crossed into Wyoming, that they're suing that that area now needs to be protected from wolf hunting. Which that's such a dangerous precedent because you could now wolves have a huge migratory, so they can sue and say, you know what? Well, now we need to banned um hunting in montana because these wolves go there absolutely it's in the medicine bow route national forest oh my goodness they just don't stop these people Mm -hmm. yeah and once they do that who's to say that all right now we want you to stop hunting in the next state and then which is exactly where they're going to go with it so we'll see it's this. They. I feel like these places just do. Like as of right now, I believe that they have till April sixth to respond. The Forest Service, if I'm correct, um, and um, with that response, then um, they. Can, I think wolf hunting is temporarily suspended within that area as of right now. Um, I mean, I want to say it's not going to happen, but who knows? I mean, if Someone like myself that puts in for um, hunting in Mich- or hunting in Colorado, hunting in all these different states. I'm definitely hoping to get drawn here soon before uh, the wolves take over every place. <laughs> you know, so we'll see how it goes. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, definitely something we will keep an eye on here. And that's all we have for you today on D and D Outdoors. I hope y'all enjoyed it all. Like hearing Dustin Zanaz's beautiful voice. Um, hope y'all have a great rest of your day. And if you're heading to work, it will be over soon.